Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined, as you might expect, by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. We're also here with Ben Atha of Milk Lab Media, a team of storytellers and technologists creating new ways to connect brands and audiences. We'll find out more about that in a second. Uh, more recently, Ben has set up the Developer Academy, which is a new way for Sheffield folk to learn how to code. Before we get onto that, we need to say a big thank you, as always, to Rebel Base Media for supplying this marvellous uh, studio that we're in now. Um, it's a dedicated podcasting studio for Sheffield, um, and it's still free at the moment if you want to go to their website and uh, and, and book a, a slot online. And if you want them to produce your podcast or whatever it is that you record as well, they can do that at, uh, at, at a cost that I don't know. But there is one. But I'm sure it's very reasonable. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so thanks to Rebel Base Media. And thank you to you, Ben, for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, we always uh, start by asking uh, for a bit of a potted history. So if you can uh, introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about what you do and maybe a bit more about Milkland Media first. Okay, so um, my name is Ben Arthur. I'm a director at Milk Lab Media. Um, Milk Lab was originally started in Istanbul, Turkey. So we've got Milk Lab uh, Turkey, which has been running for about five years. Um, and they work predominantly with brands to help them create interactive, immersive experiences using augmented reality, virtual reality, um, that sort of thing. And long story short, my wife is Turkish. Two of the guys that started the Turkish company are her best friends. They spent my entire wedding bothering me about starting a UK version of their company, um, which was great. Uh, you had no idea what you were buying into, did you? Had no idea, yeah. It was after I'd signed the paperwork as well. It's quite, uh, so yeah, so um, so after, yeah, so basically we started a UK company. Um, I simply do business development for the UK side of the company and they do all the production work and everything out, out in Istanbul. So that's what we do at Milk Lab. Excellent. So what sort of clients do you have in the UK? Uh, so in the UK, we're working quite closely with Facebook. Um, Facebook are doing augmented reality, uh, like Snapchat filters. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of work with them. We're a recommended partner for uh, Facebook. So they recommend us to particular brands to do those kinds of projects. Um, and we're working quite closely with a couple of sports teams. And apart from that, mainly media companies and marketing companies were kind of outsourced to uh, help them with their campaigns. Fantastic. And what's your background, Ben? So I left school with decent GCSEs, didn't know what I wanted to do, went into the world of sales, which turned out to be McDonald's. Um, just moved from job to job to job, following the money. Um, ended up working my way up to head of marketing for a local insurance broker in Sheffield. And when I got there, I realised I really hate my job. I don't like marketing particularly, and it's a bit of a boring industry. So uh found that I'd really started to enjoy business and business operations. So I then went back to, or I went to University of Sheffield Hallam and did a degree part-time while I was working in, in business management. And when I finished that, that happened to coincide with me getting married and bothered by the Turkish guy. So it was kind of a good opportunity <laughs> at the right time. Were they, were they invited? <laughs> they were invited, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which I didn't really know them before they came as well, which is interesting. But yes, um, so yeah, I'd done the degree and that's why I started Milk Lab. So I, I initially was doing Milk Lab around my full-time job and then it got to a, enough of a size where I could quit that job and do Milk Lab full-time. Yeah, so I guess it's quite recent that you've 
learned about the tech industry and working with clients like Facebook and, you know, delivering the sorts of services that Milk Lab does, it's quite a new area for you. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the insurance meetings that we have in the insurance industry, everyone has a suit on. It's all very formal. So the first few meetings I had with Milk Lab in the UK with companies and people are sat with the mobile phone on the desk or the laptop and everyone's got a t-shirt on was very straight. And I was still sat there with my suit on. I was, you know, the guys were coming over from Istanbul to help with meetings and I've got a full suit on in London and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what, what, what yeah. are you doing? You know, it's a very important meeting. And, you know, very strange. And it was a very quick learning curve. There was an awful lot to learn about working in tech yeah. and, and then marketing. It was a completely different environment. But Why Milk Lab? I've always wondered. So <clears throat> apparently in the film uh, Clockwork Orange, oh, yeah. I think they go to the milk the bar. The milk bar, yes. And that's oh. where the guys had, had got the idea yeah. from Milk Bar, Milk oh, I Lab. See. And oh, I see. They'd Googled it and found that no one had that name. Uh, funnily enough, in the UK, there is another milk lab. Well, that's one of the milk companies. <laughs> an actual <laughs> milk created, lab. Yeah, they've just created Milk Lab Limited, this dormant. Oh, so. they, they have no idea how edgy they are. Exactly, yeah. You know, you kind of want to let them know, don't you? So, yeah. so that's where the name came from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So you said that there was a connection between Milk Lab and the Developer Academy. So talk to us about how that's come about. So what I've noticed uh, while working at Milk Lab is that in both Istanbul and the UK, we, we struggle, there is a struggle for talent. Mm -hmm. There's a struggle for digital developers. And um, it doesn't seem that people are being, the, 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 those skills aren't being created quick enough for the companies around them that are wanting to build them. So I started thinking about that and thought, is there a gap here where we can, you know, can I start another company where we train people predominantly how to code? And that maybe over time will lead into, you know, teaching people how to code for VR, AR, that sort of thing and increase skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where the link came in. It was working at Milk Lab gave me the idea for the academy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's the, that's where that came from. And then I started googling different things that are already out there, things that are in America. What what you know? There's lots of things in America, boot camps and challenges to the colleges, things like Lombarda School and other things where you don't pay anything when you start the course. You just pay a percentage of your wages. So just started putting all these ideas together, and that's where I came up with the academy. Okay, so talk us through a bit more how it works. So the Developer Academy, we're aiming at people who are looking to retrain. Um, so we're looking at people that are in work, probably in a job they don't like, similar, very similar to what I was like a few years ago. You're in a job, you hate it or you don't like it, and they're thinking, okay, I want to retrain, I want to learn how to code. So we're providing them with that opportunity. Uh, we charge a monthly fee, and for that monthly fee, we put you on our online system, which is very similar to the Code Academy or, or Free Code Camp. So students can learn where they are, when they are. As long as they've got an internet connection and a laptop, they can learn online. And then they can come to our group sessions, which are on a Tuesday and Wednesday evening, 619, and Saturday mornings, 10 well, 1, uh, 1 p.m. Um, so we have experienced instructors at those group sessions, which are there to answer your questions, provide you with guidance, we give tailored learning plans to each individual. So we put them onto, for example, Python, then you're going to go to C Sharp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, people can, and, th and that's how they learn. Uh, there's no strict curriculum. There's no strict time scale. People can learn at their own pace, uh, learn how they want to. They can learn Python. They can learn JavaScript. They can learn C Sharp. You know, we, we can teach them absolutely anything. Um, and that's, that's basically the model at the moment. So it kind of gets over that, 
classic issue with online courses or, or MOOCs that people start courses and then don't finish them because you're actually providing the environment and the community and the the guidance to keep people motivated and to to keep people on track and and I guess you've got you've got um, students that are doing the, the same courses possibly at different times but they can help help each other and they're part of a community of people that are all trying to do a similar thing yeah absolutely I mean we, before I started the academy and when I was trying to plan the format we, I looked at you know the online courses and I found that those online courses have a very high dropout rate mm. because people don't have that support or that guidance or it's very tempting when you do an online course to get stuck google that then you end up googling the next thing the next thing the next thing before you know it, you've lost two hours <laughs> yeah. googling something and then you've got a bit more confused to then come back so yeah, the online courses are great, but they have high dropout rates. We need yeah. that support. Um, so that's what, yeah, that's what, exactly what the academy does. It's kind of making the best of those two uh, environments. And, and, and yeah, the, the students now, I mean, we're into our third month and already the students are starting to help one another. We've got them on a Slack community, so they're all communicating on there. So, that, again, the, the, you know, they're starting to use Slack, which is more and more popular. Mm-hmm. We've got them all set up on GitHub, so they're going to start, because we actually give them projects as well to cement their knowledge which they can also then host on GitHub, which they can then show to potential employers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great so far. I mean, we've got about eight students and it's creating a nice a nice kind of environment. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good, yeah. So you've got eight students so far. Yep. How are you finding it actually getting the word out and encouraging people to join? Uh, it's not too bad. We've done it all via digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, Obviously, Twitter quite a lot, and Sheffield Digital has been quite supportive, retweeting things. And I found that actually the Sheffield Digital community as a whole has been very supportive. A lot of people are engaging with the tweets or the Facebook posts or, you know, are talking to one another. And we're having lots of meetings with the local tech employers as well. Great. So we're trying, and what we're saying is, what are the skills you want? Mm. Tell us, we will teach them those skills. So they're all being very supportive as well. Because um, the whole aim for us is to create... Uh, retrain people in and get them a job in the local community. That's that's the whole point. So we need to, to kind of teach what the employees are looking for. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not been too bad. It's not been too difficult. We're just still finding our feet a bit with, you know, the model and, and, and the, the, the cost and the price and how things are going. But all, all the signs are very positive at the moment. Th- three months in, some of the students have completely surpassed expectations. Uh, one of the students is just everything we give him, he just soaks it up and it's done and he wants the next thing. And one of the other students, she struggled at the start, but now he's absolutely flying. So it's it's just, it's really interesting to see what, how quickly people can learn actually and what they're trying to learn as well. So yeah, it's, it's been very good. What sort of um, people have you seen come? Has it, has it been like a quite a broad demographic or say so you, you, so you're aiming at people who are looking potentially to change jobs, but is that a specific kind of person or is it, are you finding that it's, that it's actually more, more broad? So we, we don't have any educational entry requirements at all. Um, so the, the students we have are actually quite broad. Some of them have, have got a degree from different universities and different subjects and have struggled to find work. They've done a bit of coding at the university. So that's led them on to us where they're, they're, they're expanding that knowledge to get a job in tech. Uh, some of the students are quite happy in their job, but they want to move up. Uh, or move over. So they've come to us to learn the coding skills to move over. And they're actually being led by their employer. Their employer is saying, we do this, this, this. 
go and learn that and this to open this, which again is really good. Um, so yeah, it's a really broad spectrum, really. Um, some people don't have very good GCSEs, but they've maybe trained in something more manual as well. So we've got a couple of people who have got manual skills. Um, again, that's led them to do a little bit of coding in their day job and they found it quite enjoyable. So then they want to expand on that knowledge and also change uh, into the into the world of tech. So yeah, it's, it's a nice broad spectrum. That sounds ideal. That sounds like it's really hitting all the the subgroups within that group of people who are looking to change career or looking to advance the career. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you and I have had a lot of conversations about attracting women yes. into tech yeah. and how we might do that. So out of your eight students, how many women have you got? One woman One, at the moment. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not through design. Um, I think when we spoke, we, we've done a couple of free taster sessions once a month over the last few months. And we've had lots of women sign up for those events, but then haven't come to the event. So I am trying to explore that because I really do want to encourage more women into tech. Um, so we're, we're going to hopefully work with Sheffield Women in Tech and some other organisations around doing that, I think. Yeah. Trying to find ways of encouraging that somehow, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you and I were kind of puzzling over why, why might it be that women were signing up and then not actually showing up for, for the event. Yeah. And it could be anything from the time of day it is, uh, you know, fitting it in with work or family responsibilities or the school run or whatever, yeah. right the way through to thinking it's a good idea, but then lacking the confidence when it actually came to the day to show up. So I think, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know what people out there in listener land think about what the what the barriers might be and what would be good ways to overcome them. Because the thing I particularly like about a Developer Academy is, yes, you're using online tools, yeah. but you've added that crucial element of face-to-face. And that's, I think, for any group, having that actual support and a reason to show up somewhere once a week or whatever to keep your learning moving forward really makes the difference. Um, and, and not just for women, for everybody. So we need to kind of get that across to the, the female community and say, you know, look, this is not, not like the other coding boot camps or whatever that you've heard about this has got the right mix this has got the flexibility because you learn at your own pace you learn what you want to learn and it can flex around you I think that's interesting so yeah we need to have more conversations about how to make it work and I need to hear more from women out there to tell me what they think would make it work as well yeah and we, we, when I was planning the academy we um the structure we have at the moment is is what we're running with and we're using that structure and that model to explore the market. So, you know, we were quite open to maybe we'll find that some people do want to learn quicker. So maybe we will end up with a boot camp or maybe some people will say, well, actually, I, I drop the children off in the morning. I need to pick them up by three o'clock. So maybe we'd have something between 10 and two. Mm. All these ideas were kind of flying around. But until we got into the market... <clears throat> excuse me and and started exploring and, and having conversations and getting some feedback you know we you couldn't do it all at once so we're we've got a very flexible model um so that we're able to quick quick move and change with the market and kind of explore all of these different opportunities and make you know for me i want to make the, the ability to learn how to code i want to make that completely accessible to as many people as possible um and that comes from 
when I went to back to, when I went to university to do a degree before I did that I was looking at how can I retrain and the options were quite limited because I was 25 so I was out of the apprenticeship age uh, I'd only got my GCSE so I didn't have enough UCAS points to go and do a degree full-time also could I afford that because I had other responsibilities um, so the options are quite limited and, and I'm, what I'm trying to do with the coding school is make it not limited I'm, I'm trying to make it so everybody has some point or has the ability to engage with it however it fits into their circumstances because you know everybody's different and there's going to be a little pocket so yeah I, I really want to explore that more I, I met with code up this week great uh, Jay at code up so we're going to try and help support code up a bit um, help with their promotion and help them try and grow slightly we're going to send some of the instructors over to do some workshops with with the code up uh, students and yeah the, the Sheffield women in tech will be quite good um, and I'm, I'm going to try and expand on the <coughs> excuse me try and expand on the um, the free taste sessions that we've been doing we're trying to make those a bit more interactive and a bit more useful and um, we'll probably try and do some during the daytime as well as in the evenings and again it's just you know give it a go see what happens see where see where the audience is coming yeah yeah, fantastic. So, um, who are your instructors at the moment? Um, so, I've got Colin Smith, who is the head of computer science at UTC. Oh, right. Yeah. I still can't believe I've got him. I'm not sure what happened. I think <laughs> the, the gods were shining on me that day. I don't really know what happened there. But um, yeah, Colin's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's got such a broad knowledge of all the different subjects. So, he never gets flummoxed. Every time someone asks him a question, he knows the answer. Um, and he's also a really nice guy, which is helpful and he's very engaging and the students really enjoy spending time with him. Um, yeah, he's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and recently we took on a couple more instructors. Um, so we've got, um, the newest instructor is a girl who works at uh, Sky Betting and Gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's going to be doing every Wednesday evening. She's really good giving more of a commercial perspective to the coders, uh, to the, to the students. And I've also got, um, a chap called Stephen who also works at the UTC in Sheffield. So he does Saturday mornings. Um, but again, he's very good. He's used to teaching and he's got different specialisms as well. So I've got those three kind of doing the three group sessions a week. And then there's also a, a chap called David, uh, David White, who comes in and helps out as well with some of the instructing uh, when he can. So, it's kind of a nice broad mix at the moment, a bit of commercial, a bit of uh, academia, that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, some really, really good instructors. I'm really happy I've got all of them. It's great. That's great. So how can the Sheffield Digital Community get involved if they want to? What do you need from us? Um, just a bit of awareness really about that we exist. Um, <clears throat> awareness to, to potential students that we exist and for people to engage with me and let me know, you know, this, this sounds like a good model, it works so far, or if you did this, then I would engage with it more, or if, if, you, if you could do something like this, you know, give me some feedback, some ideas around how we can make learning to code fit in with your lifestyle and, your, and, your, and what you're doing. Um, in terms of the companies, if you've got, um, if you can engage with me and let me know what are the skills you're looking for, what do you struggle with, what are the coding languages you really need, what are the sort of soft, soft skill side of things as well that you really want. That would be really helpful. Um, and for the companies, we actually just started working with a manufacturing company in Sheffield. We're training three members of their IT team how to do particular coding languages so they can make their own software. That's something we want to explore quite 
a lot more as well. Mm. Um, so if there are any companies out there that, you know, you feel like you need to retrain certain members of staff, I think for the engineering and manufacturing firms, it's, it's going to become more and more prevalent because of the industry 4.0. Um, so yeah, any companies out there that are looking to retrain their, their employees, let me know. We've got that option. We can do that as well. Yeah. It's a really interesting model, isn't it? Because, I mean, you and I, Mel, have had conversations with the city region around the growth hub and the skills bank, you know, for, for years. And the, the idea of the skills bank being, um, uh, you know, an opportunity for, for companies to retrain their existing staff. Um, and we always had an issue with it because it was never for new staff. It was, you know, the, the issue in the tech industry is that it's hard to recruit. It's, it's not that you've got a whole load of legacy staff that need to be retrained to a new technology so much. Um, uh, so, so it never really, you know, it never really works. But th this is a model that does work. This is a model where companies can retrain their existing staff, um, or people, individuals can join and retrain from whatever their existing role is to a, and, and you know, and move to a different company, which is not what the Skills Bank was it was ever about. It was always about staying within the same company. Yeah. Now, interestingly, I learned last night that Skills Bank Two is. Ah coming or may be here and I made a mental note to find out whether they've changed well, that you know what I know that the the managing agent has changed yes. so it's not PwC anymore um, and it will be really interesting to see whether the model has changed yeah. at all because well, I'm there's thinking, an opportunity to, to feed new information into that model well and also mm -hmm. from from the point yeah. of view of the developer academy if there's funding available for companies to put people yeah. through the academy yeah. even if it's only part funding because that's usually how these things work now um that might be very interesting on both sides so absolutely you know yeah. we need to stick a pin in that and find out more right. about it yeah we, we, we have be. got a bunch of companies i mean you know talking to to Plusnet and xln and, and and companies like that that have um you know they have quite a, a large headcount working in um you know, working in the service centres um, and are quite successful at converting people from the service centre into their development teams, Plusnet particularly. Um, but the, the academy um, provides an opportunity for, for those companies to, you know, kind of formalise that process. So rather than relying on the individuals to think, hey, I want to, you know, change my role, earn some more money, but stay within the same company, um, you, can, you know, they can they can join the developer academy. Um, it's it's priced in a way that kind of is really for people in work, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's £285 a month is, right. is, is the monthly cost. Um, so it is, and it is intentionally aimed at people that are in work. Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, they can afford that, but it's, it's can cheaper than a yeah. kind of one-off lump hit from, for doing a 12-week boot camp or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, boot camp roughly is about £6,000. Mm. Plus you have to quit your job for three months because it's a full-time course. So, yeah. You, know, yeah, you can estimate twelve to £15,000 really. Yeah, lost it, earnings as well. Yeah, it's realistically it's four months because you need time to prepare and you need time to, to find a job afterwards. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, if you broke that down over a I mean, three hundred pounds a month is uh, over a year is what three thousand six hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. So even if even if it took you a year to study with the academy, which it shouldn't do, you know, we think most people would get through our uh, go through the academy and within six months should be job ready, depending on how much time you can dedicate mm -hmm. to it. So, so yeah, in, in terms of cost, it's incredibly, um, it's much more affordable than a boot camp. Mm. Um, 
And actually some of the online courses now will do charge about, I think about 360 euros a month, which means you can use the online system and then you can video chat for one hour a week with a mentor. Right. So again, it's, it's comparative, you know, we're giving you much yeah, more actual much more face FaceTime. Time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, we think it's, you know, it's priced that way, uh, intensely to, to, to go with the market. But yes, for companies, it, it completely makes sense. And, and the other thing is that I think some of the internal uh, academies possibly uh, detract from people doing their day job, mm. which, I mean, if, if that's fine, that's great. But with the academy, you know, they can still do, technically, they can still stay in that day job at PlusNet or wherever else and then learn at the academy in the evenings and weekends. So it's not taken away from that, uh, from what they do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And do you do anything to actually help people find jobs at the end? Um, yes. I say yes. Um, at the moment, I'm having the conversations with the tech companies and I'm trying to build those links. Um, and there are a couple of tech companies that I'm building very good relations with. That I'm trying to introduce the students to when they're ready. Um, and we're going to meet with... Um, Benchmark recruitment quite soon, I think. Yeah. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a chat with her next week about, you know, can Benchmark help the students find a job? Because I know they're very well connected. So, so yes, and that's that's the whole point. We're trying to help the students find a job at the end. And and mm-hmm. there's a number of ways we're doing it at the end of the process. Um, but during the process of learning, we're giving them projects and helping them build the portfolio. We're checking the code, making sure that... They have something to show to employers, which everyone's tell, all the employers are telling us, all we want to see is, what does your code look like? What projects have you done? What yeah. have you done on your own? So we're trying to make sure that we're meeting those expectations mm. and that the students understand it and have that ready so that we feel confident and so does the student to go, Aviva, have a look at this or, or whoever, PlusNet, look, here you go, this is what I've done, this is what this is. So yeah, we, it's all tailored around that uh, kind of uh, finding people a job at the end. Fantastic. Well, it sounds brilliant. Good luck with it. Was it, is it three months, did you say, you've been doing it? Into the third month now, yeah. Third so. month. So um, we hope it goes really, really well, and we'll keep doing our bit to try and help uh, push it out there. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, You're very cheers, welcome. Ben. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Ben. So, on to news and events. And um, we've been uh, trailing this for the last two or three episodes, but Mel, we, we finally... Uh, have the huge announcement this week, or we've had the huge announcements. Um, boom. Um, boom, absolutely, Chris. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> um, the Sheffield Digital Festival, it's been fully announced and the details are out there and um, and it's uh, there's been really good interest. Mel, take it away. I'm so excited about this. It's real, this thing that we've been dreaming of doing for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, the website is sheffielddigitalfestival.com. So that's quite easy to remember. Um, The response has been great. And also I've been asked several times this week, the festival sounds great. What exactly is it? So I thought maybe I'd take two minutes on here and run it through again. So the idea of the festival is that we want to put Sheffield on the map as having enough of a digital scene here that we can actually get together and celebrate it and make some noise about it. And we're modelling the way the festival will work on what they do in Leeds. And I'm sure Leeds won't mind us copying their model because we all learn from our friends. So what Leeds do is they have... um, various organisations in the city that put on events 
And they run, it was originally just over a week and now it runs more into two weeks. And so on any day of that week, there are loads of different things to go to. And then over time, they've also created particular days. So there's a day that's devoted to women in tech and there have been days devoted to other topics as well. So what we've decided to do here in Sheffield is create kind of an anchor event, which is on the afternoon of Friday, the 17th of May, which we're calling the main event, but essentially it's like a mini conference. So that will be at co-host, Collider very kindly providing us with the space. And that will be some interesting speakers, some interesting exhibits to see, uh, some cool installations, uh, plenty of opportunity to network and hang out, and then some drinks at the end and stay on and have something to eat in commune. But what we want to do, as well as having that main event, is really encourage everybody in the city who wants to be part of the festival to put some other kind of event on and be part of the fringe during the week from the 13th to the 17th of May. And actually someone was saying, can we run over into the weekend? And I see no reason why not. So around the 17th of May that week, if you've already got a meetup planned for that week, please go on to the Digital Festival website and add it to the Fringe calendar so people who are coming to that website can see that there are events going on. And if you'd like to do something... Whatever it is, if you want to have uh, maybe an open house at your business, if you want to uh, do an exhibition, if you want to have a debate about something, if you want to do some lightning talks, uh, if you want to, um, I don't know, do anything, just have a party. If you're in the digital industries and you want to make something happen during that week, just go ahead and do it stick it on the calendar on the uh, festival website and it becomes part of the fringe. So the idea is that this is the first time we've done this. It's not going to be huge. We just want it to be fun and successful and for as many people as possible to get involved. But what we hope is that this will lay the foundations and everyone will go, that was fun. Wish we'd been involved. Maybe we'll do something next year and it will grow year on year until in five years time we can be as big as you know, what happens in Leeds now. So that's the idea. There's information on the website. There's information on the blog post that I wrote for the Sheffield Digital website. And if you want to know more, if you want to talk through an idea for a fringe event, just get in touch with me. I'm happy to do that. Um, all the usual ways, Twitter, Slack, mail at sheffield.digital. Um, anything goes really. It's supposed to be a celebration. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be us taking a little bit of time out just to spend time together and uh, say, hurrah, Sheffield has a great digital community and Sheffield now has a digital festival. So I hope that answers everyone's questions. But if not, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, very comprehensive and concise. Well done. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a great week. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're really looking forward to it. What's... Um uh, so it was like two days from recording this on the Friday. It was Wednesday, I think, where we announced it. So just a couple of days. Mm. Have you had um, any submissions for uh, fringe events um, or sort of uh, people interested, that type of thing? So I've heard from lots of people saying we're going to submit something or we're thinking about submitting something, which is great. And if that was you, please do it. Um, Are there any prizes for being the first? <laughs> A big thank you from me. Um, there's, I think there's actually, uh, I was having a slight conversation with one of the meetups, uh, 
this morning about them putting their event on calendar. So I expect if you go and look at the website later on today, there will be some events up there. Ian, you're doing your first content club, aren't you? So I mean, my, my question was quite loaded previously. Yeah, so <laughs> big up for Ian doing his first content club meetup. No prize. So, so that will first. be on there. <laughs> You get a tweet. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that there will be lots of things. I'm hoping that um, if you make really beautiful digital design things and want to exhibit those in some way, then let me know because if you can't do it at your studio, perhaps I can talk to, for example, the workstation or somewhere like that and say, look, I've got three or four companies who'd like to put some kind of exhibition on. Can we do it in the foyer or wherever? So as I said, anything goes, come to me with ideas. I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, I want it to be something that everyone really likes and really wants to do again. Yeah. And the response on Twitter has been great as well. We had lots yeah. of my, my phone was buzzing quite a lot uh, just after the announcement. Lots of people, you know, just kind of say, oh, this is what a great idea, that that type of thing. So I think it feels like there's a, a lot of positivity around it and yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's going to fill up with events. So I would get in there quick. Excellent. And um, tickets will be free for the mini conference on the Friday afternoon. They'll be limited to 150. It'll be first come, first served. And uh, they should be available um, on the 23rd of April. I'll confirm that for sure, but we're aiming to release them shortly after Easter holidays. The Sheffield Digital Awards. It's all going off at the moment. It is. Mm. So... So ideally next year we'll make these things coincide rather than being sort of two weeks apart. But the um, actual event for the Sheffield Digital Awards is on the 2nd of May. The shortlist is going to be announced in the Sheffield Star on Monday, with the 15th of April. So by the time this goes out, I guess that will have been announced already. We're meeting today. They're meeting today. Da, da, da. We saw the tweets, didn't yes. we? The judging is happening. Should maybe explain that we are not part of the judging. We are not part of the judging. <laughs> we are completely separate yeah. from the judging. So it will be as much no of a surprise to us yeah. as it is to you. But again, it's just so good that we have this happening and that our local newspaper has got behind it and decided to do it. And it will be a really nice evening out. Yeah. Yeah, they filled their sponsorship as well, so mm -hmm. there's demand for it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. That reminds me, sponsorship. If you'd like to sponsor something at the festival, the usual things like refreshments and so on and so on, let me know. <laughs> Are there any um, kind of digital things that can be sponsored, like a newsletter or any content that might go out? Does that make sense? That does make sense, and that's a really good tends to be cheaper. Idea, because I hadn't thought about that. Leave that one with me. Okay. I will. <laughs> um, Speaking I, of sponsorship, can we talk about Tech Show North? Yes. While we're talking idea. about events. Yes. Because we've done a deal with them, um, with the guys at Prolific North, who are uh, organising Tech Show North and e-commerce show North in Manchester. Um, what are the dates? I think they're the 7th and 9th. Um Yes, I think you're right. I'll check. We'll say that's yes. I will interrupt you again if it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and yeah, we've done a deal. I've got it here actually. It's eight, eighth and ninth of uh, of May. Of sorry, of June. No, of May. Eighth and ninth of May. Eighth and ninth of May in Are Manchester. You sure? I'm totally sure. 
that's what the um that's what the blog post says on our website so that's got to be right um yeah we've, we've done a deal with them whereby um sheffield digital company members can get 25 percent off um a stand at either of those two events so they're essentially the two largest business to business um tech shows in the north of england they're both running at the same time uh e-commerce north is in its it's i think it's in its fourth year or or something um and it's really for you know obviously for big e-commerce com- um companies and sites um and tech show north is a new event which is running in parallel for um you know broader tech businesses um but it's there's a huge program there's lots of investors and companies and uh, uh lots of keynotes and um, things to get involved in. So, uh, if you, if you've got something to go and present and if you want to take your company and your offering to a wider audience, um, and you're a Sheffield digital member, um, you can get 25% off a stand there. Uh, company members, company members. Yeah. Um, and they are, they're, they're in the, they're across the same dates, but they're also in the same place as well. They are, so yes. I guess it, Event City in Manchester. So presumably it's going to feel like one giant conference. With, I, I with guess so, yeah. Sections. I've never actually been there, but as, as I, as I understand it, they're kind of, you know, next to each other and, and delegates can move between them. So, yeah. um, but it's just, you know, they're obviously kind of focused on different things depending on what, what your business is or whether you consider yourself more an e-commerce business or more a tech tech business. Um, but it's worth, it's worth looking at their website and, and seeing what kind of things that they've got and that they offer um, and what kind of exposure you're going to get. Um, but it's really good to do a deal with them and, uh, and to try and they're, they're really keen to get more, com- more companies from Sheffield over there um, to promote it and, you know, there's there's not that many opportunities for tech companies to to showcase what they do in the north, and this is a really good one. So we're really happy to offer a discount on it. Chris, do you think that we're going to be doing more of this, finding opportunities to offer discounts to our members for, yeah. for things? So it'd be really interesting to know what kind of things members, members would find would, yeah. valuable. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got we can offer quite a lot to, to these, to these um, events, you know, we've got, we've got quite a big reach. We, you know, we've got quite a big media profile in the tech industry in, in Sheffield, obviously. And, you know, they're, they're always interested. So, you know, we've, we've signed up as a media partner of, of um, Tech Show North. Um, and in return, you know, we, we can make this offer available and hopefully they can fill more of their stands and everybody benefits really. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, from, from our perspective, um, you know, we, we, we offer monthly subscription. So, you know, it's probably cheaper for a company to sign up as a, as a, a Sheffield Digital member and get the discount, even if it's just for a month, which, you know, obviously we'd like uh, companies to stay longer term, but, um, you know, that's, that's fine too. Yeah. Okay. Great. And um, we've heard news of the Tech Nation report, the 2019 version of this, mm. uh, to be out in May as well. Gosh, it's going to be a busy month. Yeah. So so normally at the beginning of the year, we get approached by Tech Nation. We get asked to um, tell everybody in the community that mm. there's a survey to fill in. And then, you know, we badger everybody with countless emails and newsletters saying, fill this in, fill this in, make sure that we're on the map, make mm. sure that Sheffield is featured. And I kind of realised that we hadn't heard anything no, this I, year I, I at all. I was all. assuming that they were well behind schedule. But, but instead, it turns out that the report is on schedule and will come out in May, but they've not done the survey at all 
anywhere this year. They're simply going with what they called a data-led approach, although there's no indication of what data, where yeah. from. And certainly not based on a survey. <laughs> certainly not based well, on a survey. Even yeah. last year there was the survey and the rest and the other data were separate. Yes. And I, yeah. I mean, I'd, it'd be nice if they maintained the same methodology for this year so they were comparable. Yeah, because they changed the methodology every year they in the past, done, haven't yeah. they? So um, I'm I'm slightly wary, if I'm honest, because I don't know. It feels like we haven't had any influence over how mm. Sheffield might be um, covered as a cluster. Mm. So we kind of have to trust to the process and see what comes out. Um, I did meet Jem Henderson, who I think you've also met, mm-hmm. Chris, yeah. who's, who's a fantastic woman. Um, she's their uh, sort of Yorkshire and Humber rep. Rep, EEM, Entrepreneur Engagement Manager or something like that. So there's the local Tech North people have a, sorry, Tech Nation people, Freudian slip there, um, have a mandate very much based around uh, supporting scale up businesses. So there's a lot of focus on that sort of engagement. But Jem is very pro Yorkshire, very pro the tech scene uh, in the region and keen to make sure it's well represented. Mm-hmm. And she said that she'll be writing the editorial for the Sheffield feature or page or whatever mm-hmm. in the report. So um, that's encouraging because she has met Chris and I and yeah. Chris, Chris gave her the magical mystery tour I around guess. Sheffield, <laughs> which she really enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been, been talking, I mean, Sam Chapman from The Flow and I have been talking to Jem as well about producing an article about um, the kind of identity of, of Sheffield's tech scene. And there've been other conversations with the uh, Department for International Trade about um, how Sheffield's tech scene is likely to be presented internationally so all of those conversations are kind of feeding together mm. we haven't had specific conversations about what's going in the tech nation report but it, but i i would expect it all that you know they all the gist of all of that finds its way into it you would hope so that yes. there was some coherence wouldn't you yeah i'm, I'm not sure about the timings of it all like yeah. obviously gems has a deadline and um the conversations are still ongoing mm. so um yeah well yeah. it's it'll pan out yeah, but so we'll, to see what they write. We'll wait to see, and and as usual, Chris will do his analysis of the report and yeah. all that kind of thing. I will actually. Um, on the subject of Tech Nation survey, um, I did actually uh, analyse the survey results from last year, um, and uh, which are, we've got lined up for a for a post and a bit of content. So maybe just before the next one comes out that we know isn't going to have any survey information in it, we'll publish an analysis of the survey results from last year's report. That would be interesting, wouldn't yeah. it? Give some sort of previous context. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting, actually. <laughs> there, there was there were a lot of survey questions asked, and we have all of the data from those survey questions, and we have it um, kind of uh, by postcode as well, so we can see where people are located when they answered. Um, but yeah, I've done a breakdown of it, and I've done a bunch of little charts, so we'll try and get that out maybe in the next week or two. And Chris, you wanted to mention the Brightbox Makerspace. Oh yeah, well, another thing that's that's happened recently in the city is that um, Kisha Bradley has opened uh, the Brightbox Makerspace uh, down in Castlegate, uh, not in Castle House, but just around the corner from Castle House, and it's a it's a makerspace for kids basically. So they've got loads of making activities with cardboard and and sellotape and string and pulleys and stuff, but also coding and robotics and 
engineering type stuff. Um, and uh, I haven't been down there yet, but my kids have, and they had a bloody lovely time um, on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and uh, one of them built a massive, see, a massive Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, which wow. Is, yeah. So I have an issue with Rube Goldberg, but I... Uh, I've, <laughs> Personally? Or? Well, no, because because Rube Goldberg, he was the American cartoonist that made these incredible contraptions, right? But um, there was a British one as well, whose name I can't remember. Oh, so it's like American imperialism. Exactly. I know Kish is American, so it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But, um, you know... I I can't really complain if I can't remember what the English guy was called who did it all as well. And it's like, you know, Victorian cartoonist with these incredible contraptions. I am look reaching for Google. Look it up, look it up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, um, so he, he built one of those and, and uh, yeah, there's loads of activities down there. It's, I think it's a, it's a fiver um, per maker. Um, and it's kind of from age six or seven onwards. I, I asked about age and she said seven to 11, but, right, but okay. uh, she also said, you know, yeah, depending on your child, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're really great. It's so it's really child led as well. Like you know, it's really welcoming, and you know the the kids the kids can kind of do what they want to do, and uh, you know the staff there uh, just enable the kids to do what they want to do. So it's it's really great. Fantastic. And Mel, you went to a dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, darling, you know me, social butterfly, always be asked to dinners. Um, no, I got invited uh, to a dinner that Nat West were hosting, specifically to talk about a report that their chief executive uh, helped drive through an author, which is a report into female entrepreneurialism and was looking at the whole question of uh why don't more women set up more businesses? And when they do set up businesses, why don't they get funded? And why don't they grow as much as male-led businesses do? So it's kind of a, a broader sub subject than just the world of digital. And initially, I suspected that I was there to be the token digitalista. Um, but it turned out to be a really interesting and wide-ranging conversation that what wasn't just actually about female entrepreneurialism, but was also about female representation in industry, the tech industry being one of them. And the thing I wanted to share on this podcast and, and with our community is that I always, when I get invited to bank things and lawyer things and, and all of that, I'm always slightly sceptical because I think, oh, they just want to sell. But I was really pleased that they were genuinely wanted to share the results of the report, but wanted to ask the community, you know, what do you think about the recommendations of this report and how do you think we should go about uh, addressing those recommendations and what specifically could we do in Sheffield, not just what could be done nationally, but what could we be done here. And there were some really interesting ideas from other women around the table who were all from different sectors of industry. And then at the end, there was a very clear signal from Nat West that if there's, if people have got good ideas of stuff to do, they would like to support it. And that made me very, you know, I sort of sat up all and had paid attention to that mm. and I went to talk to uh, the gentleman at the end of the dinner and I said if if we came to you with some ideas for pilot activity that could be run in Sheffield and tested in Sheffield and then evaluated and if it worked you could roll it out would you support that and he said absolutely 
come to me when you've got some ideas. So I wanted to put that out there and just for everybody's listening who's ever thought about what can we do to encourage more female entrepreneurs in our sector and what can we do to make sure that when they do set up they are able to succeed and grow and build the sorts of businesses they want to build. If you have ideas about that I'd like to have a conversation with you because I think we have an open door to push on. Hmm. Is there a is there going to be minutes or you know even if they're Chatham House from the meeting so people can see what kind of things were discussed and what ideas people had? So I don't know about that, but there is the report is available online um, and I will make sure Ian's got those details so he can put that in the show notes. Um, And I will I will think about whether I can come up with a blog post about it. Mm. Um, Just to give, you know, if people have people have ideas that they can see something that it can fit into. Yes. Yeah. There's a context there. Yeah. I'll think about that. Okay, and we are going to uh, introduce a uh, a new um, Heath Robinson. Bravo! <laughs> Just thought I'd say that. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's the English Rube Goldberg. Okay, got it. Got it. Stay with us, Ian. Come on. Um, I that was I was too busy. I was too excited about Good News Corner. Which I love is interrupting the, his intros, which is the new introduction. Uh, no, it's not the new introduction. It's the new, it's a corner. We've got a corner and it's about good news. <laughs> on uh, on Slack, actually, we have a, a channel for good news, which doesn't really get used, but it could. It could be used and we probably should use it more. But this is this next section is full of things that have happened to Shep- Sheffield companies over the last, I don't know, seems like week, but maybe month or so. So it's all kind of good stuff. So we thought we'd put them all together into uh, into mm-hmm. a good news section. Um, we could maybe call it hashtag good news, which is the channel on Slack for good news. Is I, it hashtag dash? It's hashtag good dash news. good news. Yeah, yeah. It's, actually, it's, it's dash. Um, I mean, this just saying audio is the perfect format for a hashtag. Yeah. So let's do it. <laughs> um, so we start off with some news from uh, Sumo. Anyone want to share what that is? Yeah, so we've seen quite a lot of news from them in the past couple of weeks. But the thing that caught my eye is a news story that said that their turnover was up by a third, which is pretty substantial growth for uh, any business. Um, I don't know how it stands in the games industry, but that certainly caught my eye. Mm. I also saw as well that Paul Porter, who was the managing director of Sumo here in Sheffield has been promoted to COO of the entire group, which is fantastic news. Congratulations, Paul. And they've announced a partnership with an organisation called Focus Home Interactive, who I don't know a lot about, but I wonder if they're some kind of online channel or something like that. But it looks as though from the news that they're going to be custom designing some kind of cool interactive online multiplayer experience for this home entertainment network of some kind. So I thought that all sounded pretty cool. Sounds like good news. Yeah, it does. Uh, Birchnell Howden, who have previously very kindly supplied us with a meeting room to record this very podcast, <laughs> of course, probably their greatest achievement. <laughs> Um, uh, Neil Birchnall is uh, one of the founding um, uh, team members of uh, Sheffield Digital and yeah. the company Birchnall Howden have just announced a merger with Ask4 yeah. which is 
pretty good news. Two great Sheffield companies. Yeah, it's it's fantastic news because by they're merging with two of the divisions of us four to kind of create this new um, services division. So then you've got the side of us four's business, which is about providing um, connectivity and broadband to multi-tenanted mm. buildings. Um, but then you've got all this service side that goes on top. And it also means, Neil was saying that, you know, things that Birchnell Howden needed to grow, like its own data centre and things like that, have come as part of this package. So it's good news all round, and there's going to be more growth there and more jobs there as well, I expect. Mm. Fantastic. Um, and next we have uh, Hydra Creative, who have been nominated for the Drum and Prolific North Awards. Yeah, I wanted to say congratulations to them. They're one of our company members. Mm -hmm. They're consistently getting nominated for and winning awards and maybe not as above the radar as, as we'd like. Yeah, so big up to them. Yeah. Um, in fact, this list is full of company members, actually. It's just by coincidence, but it's also it's also true. Uh, the Flow, Chris. Uh, yeah, they just won an, an award uh, the Vehicle Telematics Innovation Award at Compass Intel Tech Awards, which is an international tech award for doing what they do better than just about anyone else. Yeah. Uh, the SEO Works um, celebrated their 10-year anniversary as a company. It feels like they've been around for a lot longer than that, actually, but um, they, uh, they are you know, super successful, um, do loads of work that I like I'm, I'm always they're always sort of cropping up in conversations and I think they're secretly making everyone go to the top of page rankings everywhere um and they've been doing it for 10 years so congratulations to them and congratulations as well to Elements Technology, who um, are a really young startup. They've just celebrated their first year in business mm -hmm. and won £250,000 worth of investment. Um, they have a really interesting product offer, which allows small businesses to kind of get the internet of things in a box, as far as I can tell. It looks really interesting. And they've had had some fun times getting everything ready, um, dealing with the inevitable glitches when you launch a new product. But they've been at a big trade fair this week and been having a really good time. So congrats to them. Yeah, it's like, it's like engineering tech, isn't it? Yeah. So, so engineering company owners can see you know, what's going on in an app, essentially. And the, the funding has come from the Northern Powerhouse Investment Fund. And um, it's for uh, developing the headquarters, uh, product portfolio and team. Fantastic. So, uh, More jobs. Indeed. Um, and, uh, and finally, we've already talked about the Technology Show discount, which is on this list as well. Mm -hmm. So that's done. Cross that off. That's also good news, though. Um, but we just want to say, um, please feel free to share your good news. Um, it feels like it's... Uh, um, a good place to do it on the podcast. So let us know and we can we can spread the word. Definitely. And if you're on Slack, do feel free to use that hashtag dash good news channel to mm. let us know. Upcoming events. We've got loads of these. Loads of these event things coming up. Um, feel free to chip in when you want to add more detail. Um, we have on the 15th um, of April... So I imagine that's going to be very soon if you're listening to this when it comes out or in the past. Uh, we have Sheffield Tech Leadership Meetup on the 15th uh, and 16th. It's the Games Education Summit. On the 17th, we've got a lot going on. We've got Develop 3D, which is at the Octagon, Sheffield University. Uh, we also have the Sheffield ML Meetup, machine learning, right? Yep. 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 Uh, on the 17th, we also have the um, Sheffield Women in Tech 
uh, Tech Tea. That's two techs. There's a lot going on there. Lots of tech, 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 tech. <laughs> the shift with Tech Tea. And tea. Yep. Uh, on the 18th is the next Cooper Sessions Lunch and Learn at the uh, Technology Parks. Uh, on the 18th, there is also Immerse Sheffield, which is, I think, the second meetup yeah. um, mm-hmm. of its kind. Um, on the 19th of April, we have Sheffield Hackspace. Um, and then on the 25th, we've got three events on the 25th. We've got the AWS Sheffield Meetup, we've got Front End Sheffield, and we have Sheffield Test Gathering. That's all on the 25th of April. On the 26th of April, I told you there's a lot going on. On the 26th of April, we've got Sheffield Hackspace, which I've already said. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that happening they twice? Have, it's twice, yeah. It's to okay. visit the Hackspace nights. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So if you've never been, it's a chance to go and have a poke around. I thought I was, uh, thought I'd tripped into some kind of vortex for a second. That's good. <laughs> no, uh, that too. <laughs> on the 29th, we've got the University of Sheffield Research Seminar. Uh, what's that on? <laughs> now you ask me. I was, because when I was typing it into this list, you said, Bell, stop typing things into this list. So I stopped. You did. So that's entirely my fault. But it's on the calendar, folks. Yeah. So go to the Sheffield, uh, not the Sheffield Digital Calendar for, all, for more information about all of these things. Yeah. On the 7th of May, we've got the Cooper Sessions Fireside Chats, the next one of those, and .NET Chef as well on the 7th. Then on the 9th of May, we've got Sheffield DevOps and Go Sheffield. As you've already heard, we've got the Sheffield Digital Festival on the 13th to the 17th, the main event on the 17th. And there are going to be lots of fringe events um, throughout the week, I'm sure. Um, and then finally, uh, on the 16th of May, this is technically an announcement, but if anyone's still listening, um, it's the first Sheffield Content Club. Woohoo! Yay! Which is going to be uh, a brand new meetup for the city of Sheffield for content people. And um, and hopefully that's going to be a, a fringe event too. So what better time to launch? And that's going to be at the site gallery, isn't it? Oh yeah, so that's how you announce things, isn't it? You tell people where it is. So that actually is the <laughs> <What> first time. <laughs> uh, half six, I believe. But that's interesting because one of, there was a thread going around on uh, on Twitter started by Katie Atwood, I think, uh, which was asking about um, how we was it about how we get more women to meetups, or was that just where the conversation went? I can't remember the original tweet. Um, but I think def- that's where that, the conversation went. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it's definitely about how can we improve meetups and accessibility and all that kind of that's thing. That's right. Yeah. And there was the, the the conversation kind of went off uh, talking about um, uh, to some degree about uh, evening events and how it's difficult for people with kids. And I know very much how that feels. So I'm quite conscious about Sheffield Content Club being an evening event. I've always kind of imagined it would be. So it is. But one of the things I'm thinking of doing is having like on the off months, assuming it's bi monthly is doing lunchtimes as well. So there's kind of yeah. a, there's an event where hundreds of people will come and then there's maybe a lunch <laughs> lunchtime. I'm very ambitious about it. Uh, and then there's a, like the following month is maybe like a workshop for 10 or 15 people that you can come on the lunch or maybe just a chat, maybe not even a workshop. So, yeah, I so think that's an excellent idea. Doing a bit of both. Yeah. Nothing of just bringing your twins along. Yes, it could, be just, yeah, it could be just the, just the three of us. <laughs> uh, I'll leave my daughter at home. Um, and so, um, and so that's it. So that's the list of events. Um, and uh, we always say thank you to our latest members. We have on the company side of things, we have The Curve and we have Toby Dynavox. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You have. And thank you very much to both of them. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, new individual members, we have uh, Jamie Vetch. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. And Neil Walkinshaw, which I feel more confident about. And thank you to both of you as well. 
And um, and that's your lot. So uh, uh, please do go and subscribe to the show. You can do that in uh, Apple Podcasts or whichever app that you normally use. Uh, you can find out more at sheffield.digital slash podcast. And we always publish these episodes as blog posts as well. So we embed the audio as blog posts on the site. And in those blog posts, you can find all of the show notes. So links to more or less everything that we've talked about on the show. If you kind of can't quite remember what we said earlier and want to go and find a link. And that's it. Spread the word. Thank you and goodbye.